Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you for coming and being with me today. I appreciate so much the support, the prayers, the encouragement that I've received in recording this podcast and in doing this season. And uh, it is just very humbling. And it's an honor to be on this network and to be able to have this podcast, Weathering the Storm. I do want to say a quick word about the network, the Scattered Abroad Network, and uh, very grateful to be on this network with with these great men. And you can uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us if you have any questions or comments or concerns at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. You can visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. And we certainly encourage you to uh, listen to all the podcasts on the network uh, and that we are striving to uh, promote the gospel the best that we can and glorify God in this effort. So again, we appreciate all of you who are listening in day to day, week to week. Uh, it, it again is a great honor for me. Uh, in fact, just before I uh, hit the record button here, I got a message from uh, Chase Green and his podcast is the Everyday Christian Podcast. And he sent me an image saying that Weathering the Storm uh, has now received over 10,000 downloads all time. So again, I thought that was that was awesome, uh, and that's because of you, because of all of you who have subscribed and who have uh, listened in and shared it with others. So I just wanted to say thank you uh, for that, and I hope and pray that this podcast will help you and, and will help others as well. We are in the midst of a study through the book of Nehemiah. We are in chapter or, uh, season six, rather, of Weather in the Storm. We're actually moving on to chapter seven now. We've been in chapter six. Last couple episodes, so I guess it was habit for me to say that, but we are moving on. We're going to be in chapter seven and eight this episode and next. Uh, If you listened to our last episode, episode 13, we mentioned that we're about to begin a new series of studies, and this is going to be part one of that. And we're entitling this episode and next A Revival After the Storm. So we want to think about the idea of. What happens when the storm passes? And as we work through the narrative account of Nehemiah, we understand the wall has been rebuilt. You know, that was a big deal. That was a main focus of Nehemiah and those who were with him was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that had been torn down. And so we read in uh, how how long it took. We talked about how the fact that, that it was rebuilt. Now the question is, okay, it's rebuilt and people are coming back home. Now what? And what we read and what we're going to notice is that there was a spiritual revival after the storm. And, you know, sometimes it takes um, a, a catastrophic event for that to happen. You remember September 11th? I was in the fourth grade uh, there in 2001. And I can remember my mom having surgery, and so my dad took me there to the hospital. And while we're in the waiting room, there was a small TV in the corner. And sure enough, it was showing uh, the Twin Towers coming down, showing the planes uh, running into them. And I can remember just how everybody was so shocked and there was such emotion with everybody. But, you know, if you're listening to this old enough to remember, you know, after that, there was a, might call a revival in our country. You had people more patriotic than ever. You had people, you know, filling stadiums full for prayer services. 
Uh, unfortunately, that didn't last too long because here we are these 20 plus years later and our country is, is not uh, grounded as it was in those times. But the point is, sometimes it takes something drastic. Sometimes it takes a storm. Sometimes it takes the, the walls being burned down for everyone to realize uh, what things are really important. And that's kind of where we are here as we come to the text in Nehemiah chapters 7 and 8. So in chapter 7, we have the return of the captives. You know, Keep in mind that the decree has been given, and so everything that Babylon had destroyed now is being rebuilt, and you can come back home. So when you get into chapter 7, you notice uh, those first three verses, the Nehemiah is saying that the walls were built, uh, there was a charge given to some of the men there, uh, not let the gates be opened until the sun is hot, uh, to make sure they shut the door, shut the doors and bar the doors when the time was coming. And so everything now is being is being locked up. And so everybody goes home and they're they're on watch and they're making sure that nobody's going to come and try to destroy what they have built. Well, then beginning in verse four, you read about the captives who return to Jerusalem. Uh, in fact, when you come down to verse 6 of chapter 7, it says, These are the people of the province who came back from the captivity of those who had been carried away from Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away, who returned to Jerusalem and Judah, everyone to his city. So again, verse 6 there tells us that everything we're about to read, these are those who came back home. For example, there in verse 7, read about Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Remiah, Nehemiah, Mordecai, we know that name, and others who return back. Then you have the number of the men of the people of Israel, and that's verses 8 through 38. Verse 39 uh, through 42, you have the priest who came back. Uh, verse 43, you have the Levites who were coming back. Of course, they're an important role. Read about the singers, the gatekeepers, uh, the sons of Solomon's servants. I mean, you, you had this massive list. Uh, in chapter 7. In fact, you have 70 verses uh, in chapter 7. So I didn't think it would be um, advantageous for us to read through all 73 verses here in this text, but uh, did want to point out kind of what was going on. Th these are the people who are named who are coming back home. So there's a revival of sorts in that they're coming back to their homeland, but the revival that's most important here, of course, is the spiritual revival. After the, the walls had been burned down, after the, uh, the metaphorical walls were built down, of course, and burnt down with what they were going through, their emotional trauma and, and leaving family and things of that nature, okay, now that they're back home, what's next? So again, we're going to look at this in, in two parts. In this episode, in chapter 8, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. In our next episode, we're going to focus in on verses 7 through 18 of chapter 8 as we think about this revival after the storm. So let's, let's notice what's going on. At the end of chapter 7, it says that when the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. And when you flow into chapter 8, it says that all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. I love that title, Bring the Book. Uh, I've got a sermon in my file uh, to to preach later. That That's what this world needs. If there's going to be a revival, bring the book, right? Bring the book of the law of God. 
That's what they did. So that's where they started. And if you're going to have a, a revival, you start there. Verse 2, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Verse 3 says, He read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday, before the men and women and those who could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. I want to pause there for a moment because it's fresh on my mind. A group of us here at the Quitman Church of Christ, we just got back from a mission trip to Panama. And I love the country of Panama. I was blessed to go back in 2019 to Boquete. This time we went to the area of Valerisco, which is close to um, Alamorante and uh, some different areas. That some of you might be familiar with that who are listening to this. And uh, to, to think about how beautiful that area was, but what's more beautiful is the receptiveness of so many in that area. You know, they, they, there's so many who wanted to hear the gospel. And unfortunately, in our country, you walk door to door and go door knock, and you're not going to get that good of a, a result. Uh, in that, you're not going to have so many that will say, yeah, let me, let me carve out the next three hours and you come tell me about the gospel. You know, in this country, we're too busy. You know, we got our stuff and we got things going on, but but over there it was so refreshing that so many were attentive to the book, and, and that's what we read here. And so that kind of helps with a, with a, a picture of what's going on. You know, you've got people here who who they're focused that they want to hear. Um, it reminds us of Acts chapter ten with Cornelius. You remember he he called family members and friends, and, and he said, "Hey, we're all here to hear what God has to say." So that's what we have. We have a, a group of people who have gathered together as one man, the Bible says. You have a priest, and he's bringing the law of God, and the people want to hear it. There's this revival then after the storm. There's a revival of hearing the word of God. So we drop down to verse 4 of Nehemiah chapter 8. Let's read through verse 6. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him at his right hand, stood Matthiah, Shema, Aniah, Urijah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. At his left hand, Padiah, Mishael, Malkajah, Hashem, Hasbadana, Zechariah, and Meshalem. And Ezra, verse 5, opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And then all the people answered, Amen, Amen. And they bowed their heads and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. A couple of things to unpack. First of all, you've got Ezra. He's a priest. He's a faithful man of God. Notice that he stood on a platform of wood that was made for the purpose. Purpose of what? The purpose of reading, public reading of the Word of God. He would stand there and he was able to preach and to teach. And today you think about standing in a pulpit. Well, here, here's, uh, I guess you have your, your scriptural authority for having a pulpit of wood here. But here he stood on this platform, and I find that interesting. It was made for the purpose. So again, we're talking about the revival after the storm, after the wall had been rebuilt, you know, after everybody's come back home. What is taking place? The people are together. They're attentive. You have a faithful man of God who's standing with the law. He's showing them the law of God, and he's able to speak from it. 
Uh, there in verse 5, it says he was standing above the people, and he opened the book, and, and look at the response. All the people stood up. Why did they do that? Perhaps it was out of reverence. Perhaps it was out of just joy of being back home and recognizing that God is the one who helped them to get there. But again, I think this teaches us something, that when the Word of God is is being read, there needs to be a reverence about us. I was privileged to teach at Georgia Christian School in the past two years, and, and I remember you know, some of the kids in my class were having a difficult time not paying attention when we were reading. And so one day, we, one of my students was talking while somebody was trying to read, and I stopped them right there. And I said, guys, we're going to go ahead and establish something right now. When we are reading the Bible, nobody talks other than the one who's reading. And I emphasize because when we open up our Bibles to read, that's God talking to us. Could you imagine interrupting God? Could you imagine speaking when God is speaking? Well, if somebody's reading the Bible publicly and somebody's looking at their phone or goofing off or talking or laughing, what's different about it? You know, when we pray, we're talking to God, right? When we pray, we, we have our, a lot of times our eyes closed, our heads bowed, and we're quiet. We're, we're reverent. Well, that's how we talk to God, but the Bible, when we read it, that's how God talks to us. So I believe it needs to work both ways, and, and that's kind of a glimpse of what we're seeing here. There's a reverence and respect as when Ezra opened up the law, the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord for it. The people answered, Amen, Amen. The word Amen simply means let it be. You know, I agree wholeheartedly. That yes, sir. And that's kind of what's going on here. Amen. And then it says, They bowed their heads and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. This shows the kind of reverence, but it also shows the posture. They're falling down to the ground out of respect and reverence in praising God and worshiping the Lord with their heads down. This is the, the Greek word proskuneo for worship in the New Testament. Literally means to bow down and kiss the hand of deity. or to, it's, it's, it's as if you're blowing a kiss. You're, you're, you're stooping down to kiss the hand of, of one who is worthy. That's a word picture of, of what they're doing. So again, this episode and the next episode, as we think about this idea of a revival after the storm, you know, when everything is is cleared up, it's not to say another storm is not on the horizon, but the point is, in, in those moments, take the time to thank God. Take the time to be grateful that you were able to get through the storm. And that's what we're seeing. The people have come back home. They've been in captivity. No doubt they're thankful to be back. You know, they see that the city's being rebuilt, that people are working. They can get back to their lives. But at the very core, they needed to have their spiritual lives in check. And again, as we walk through this text, we understand the things that are necessary for there to be a revival after the storm. The people have to have a mentality that says, I'm ready to hear what God has to say you got to have a faithful man of God who's preaching and teaching the Word of God. You've got to be able to open the book. 
And you're not speaking from your opinions or your experiences. You're speaking what the Bible says. Preach the word, 2 Timothy 4.2. And then you've got to have the reverence to worship God and to glorify Him. So here is a picture of what it takes for there to be a revival. And I hope that these are some principles that we can consider uh, when we think about getting through the, the, the storms of life. You know, we mentioned this in our last episode, the importance of praising God before, during, and after the storm. And, and really here is, is staying in the book. You know, the importance of, of staying in the book of God, staying grounded and rooted and growing in our faith. Because there's no way to grow in your faith with a closed Bible. It's just, it's just not going to happen. If we're going to grow, we've got to have the desire to grow. And we've got to have the willingness and the, the urgency to open up the Word and to study it for ourselves and to meditate day and night like the blessed man of Psalm 1. And so let's remember these things as we go through the trials of life that when there is that moment, when the storm passes by, when, when the sun comes out, when we have that moment of, of, of fresh air that we can breathe in, we can breathe out, and we can pause out of reverence, out of respect, and out of love for God and give Him the praise and the glory that is due His name. Now, thank you for listening today. Uh, I'm excited about continuing our study through the book of Nehemiah. We've come to this point now where, you know, the, the wall has been rebuilt, the people are coming back home. But again, they're starting off in the right place, that they're getting their priorities right spiritually. And you may be listening today, and, and maybe you've just gone through a, a horrible trial. Maybe you've gone through a very difficult time. Maybe you're having you know, problems at home with your spouse, problems with your children, problems at work problems with your health, whatever the case may be, as you work through those things and as you come out for a moment where you can catch your breath, use that time and use that moment to praise God for helping you get through the storm, but also to strengthen you and prepare you for the next one that's inevitably coming in the future. Again, I thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all the support that you're giving me. And I hope that this episode, I hope that this podcast can help you in some way to weather the storm. Looking forward to being with you next week as we continue and, and close out this small series on the revival after the storm. If you'd like to read ahead, again, Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 7 through 18 is where we will focus next week. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.